Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. Greetings and welcome to a Wednesday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is September 29th. Andy, how are we doing? Brendan, I'm not good. Not what's not wrong? Good. What is that? Tough news you came across the desk. for the RV. Tough news came across the desk this afternoon. Did we have the same curveball planned? Okay, I think I know. I think I was about to surprise you with this too. <laughs> Did the deadpan seriousness? It's a sad day to report. But, oh, what are you gonna say right now? Ass wagon. <laughs> I was all set to drop that on you. How would you see that already? The ass wagon, Tyrone, bad ass wagon. It's no more. Enriched fields, enriched field list for almost 20 years on professional golf. Certainly made our lives better here at the shotgun start with notables list. The Tyrone Van Asswagon. The ass man is hanging him up. It's a sad day here. God, you already had it. I was ready to drop it on you. It's unbelievable. Our sick, twisted minds. <laughs> this is what goes... That's about the extent of the show planning. We finally <laughs> planned something, and we both had the same thing. The ass wagon hanging it up. So, Well... Our, <laughs> you know, God, I guess... I thought I was going to get so, you So, I guess the ass wagon and... Uh, Dowie were thickest thieves together. So Oh, I could see that. South African chums. So the guy yeah. that's probably feeling the worst is our guy, Dowie Vanderwald. Your guy, not my guy. I'm not a Dowie. I Dowie said our guy. Him up himself. Our guy. <laughs> the one that should be hanging around. He's up. on if the there's PGA any justice tour. in this world. <laughs> yeah, but come on. He's like not even a 4A guy. He's like a he's like I don't know, a September what? call up every year. He's just not. I don't know. There's there's rumors about him maybe being fast and loose with the rules too. I, I don't know. I don't want to. But I mean, the ass wagon. That's an honorable. The, the injuries just too much. So it's, I'll, I'll miss his name in notables. Uh, that's sad. Sad news. Should we get on with it? We I guess so. I, I don't know if I'm ready to get on with it. <laughs> Do a What's moment left? of silence or something. What's left? I mean, they're dwindling. We got Katsia. Do they Rui. have PGA Tour Live this week? They do. Oh, Should we start wow. in on that? Our schedule for the week? It's the Sanderson. The Sanderson Farms Championship. Right back uh, down at, at it. Jackson. Right back at it. Sergio is there to defend his title. As an honorable, Nicholas Jacqueline Aon Sportsmanship Award winner should. You stay in there. You defend your title the week after the Ryder That's Cup. What... You're going to live up to the honor that namesake, the Honorable Sportsmanship Award. So, Do you think DJ still has the plate? No. No, that's a, that's a great question. That plate is like in a Kohler antique shop or something by now. Somewhere in, in Sheboygan. Pawn I don't shop. know where that is. Yeah, yeah. That thing didn't get, that thing didn't get back to Jupiter. Are you kidding me? Um... All right, started with the PGA Tour. Do you think he even Tour. remembers accepting it? No, it didn't look like it. You had a tweet. His face, he had this thousand-yard stare. I don't think there was much running through his brain at that point. I don't think he <laughs> didn't know what he was getting or why he was getting it. Hey, can we so. can we talk real quick? Um, sure. About, <laughs> there's a tweet that, that, that was going around, a video was going around, and people were, were saying that, you know the the U.S. team's party was so fun that uh, that Rory oh, came I out, that. and yeah. I thought that it was hilarious because then in the comments was Ian Poulter saying, "Wait a second, hang on now." The the U.S. team room was like a funeral, so they came over to our team room to party. Yeah, people just presumed they raced to the catnip, the race for catnip. You you. You make a bunch of faulty presumptions, and they just assumed it was uh, the U.S. team room, and Poulter had to pop them. 
clarify it. And that you know what? That's does not... that surprise you at all? No, no. I I, I heard a rumor, eh, more than a rumor, that Thick Boy was like Bane and Balls after the press conference. They that boozy press conference. Thick Boy went and Bane and Balls and then did a workout. The, the you know, hey, sources on the ground committed. at the American he got Club out of his, uh... saying he was pumping iron after winning the Ryder Cup. <laughs> I don't know. That That's how you end up with a team room that's a morgue. Um, hey, oh, real quick, real quick. Ryder Cup cleanup. Real take. I, I think, you know, all this future prospectus, like the Americans are going to dominate. I think we might be heading for like, we could be heading for an awesome era. That's really, really tense. I think JT really pisses people off. If you listen, maybe just that week, if you listen to our podcast on, what was it, Saturday night after you had Scoops, Thirst, Scoops Johnson Thirst over bucket, here? Thirst Bucket Thomas, you're talking you talk to uh, You talked to Fitzy. He said everybody was really kind of, they thought the chugging was disrespectful. You, you got that bit on the ground. Uh, I don't think anyone picked up on it that Westy no, but- and Poltz made a comment you know, about, you know, the luxury of playing. It's a privilege to play. And there was a snide comment like gin or roulette referencing. That is a direct reference to Patrick Cantley's pre pre Ryder Cup press conference saying, you know, basically the run of European form was like, it's like flipping a coin. This is how things happen. Gin, roulette. Clearly that pissed off Poulter Westwood thought that disrespected their 20 plus years of work. I think these American guys care. And I think they're bothering some of the, the Europeans. And I don't know. We had 20 years of these U.S. teams that, A, were supposed to be good, but seemed unbothered. And now you you have both sides. I think the European culture of caring isn't going anywhere. Rom's sort of a linchpin for that. But I just think we could be heading for a really tense era. If Americans start whipping up and bothering the Europeans... Europeans are still going to care. The Americans seem to care. They seem to have some personalities. I think we could be heading for a great era. Like a, every two years, it's like war by the shore. Anyways, that's my cleanup. That's my thought. Everybody seems to be thinking, you know, has projections for the future. But I, I'm starting to think maybe it could be a really spicy uh, run. Even if America dominates, it could be really spicy. So, um, all right. It's exciting. Yeah. Can't wait to US read team. about it in a golf, on a golf website tomorrow. What's that mean? Sure, you somebody, think that's going to be aggregated? Somebody, somebody else, the gin, roulette? Somebody else will put the pieces together shortly after. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Maybe I'll put it on the Friday. Um, all right. So that's our cleanup. Hey, do you know what I it just like got, found out? What? This just in. Our guy, Greg Sonnier. Sonnier? Sonnier? PGA pro. I don't even remember that. It's okay. in, uh, yeah. it's in, in the Chicken Classic. Oh. He's from down there, isn't he? The Peacock Classic. Sanderson, I think, got bought out. Didn't some, some bigger company buy them out? Could be at it. Sanderson maybe no more. Could be. This could be the last chicken out there. The last With chicken in the coop. With all respect to uh, Will Bardwell, it might Will not Bardwell. be the worst thing. Oh, when you start a sentence with all respect, you realize the hammer's coming down in the next clause. and There you go. All right, that's our schedule for the week. Sanderson Farms Championship. This is a country club of Jackson, Jackson, Mississippi. Par 72, 7,400 yards. Did not list the designer. I remember one year it listed as, I think, C.B. McDonald. Do you remember that <laughs> yes. mix-up? Didn't they list that? I don't know where they got that. That was that was in one of these past schedules. Um, per 7 million... Defending champ is Sergio, as we noted. Notable Sergio Zalatoris, freshly minted member. Matthew Wolf, Rory Sabatini, the Silver Slovak, is back. He's been gallivanting around the continent. Well, he's getting he's, to he's, first number one of his over under 14 starts. That's true. Nate Lashley is a notable, which is interesting. David Lipsky. Oh, these are body parts. Lashley, Lipsky, David Skins. Lashes, lips, and skins. Taylor Pendrith, Luke List, Brett Druitt, Pen Alex List, Smalley, Pen List, Draw, uh, Alex Smalley, Cameron Yuns, <laughs> Kevin Stadler. Oh, here's the Husky Boy edition. Stadler, KH Lee, Vincent Whaley, a, wh- 
Really? And Quad Cummings. Quaid Cummings. That's the uh, the Burly Boy Quartet. Kevin Stadler. How is he on? What is this major I, medical I feel still? Like it, I, I feel like he's got like a five-year major medical. Like, what's going Ten on? Ten-year. God. The guy's um, in tournaments all the time. He hasn't done, broken an egg in three years. Yeah. This is four to seven all four days if you're interested on Golf Channel. We do have featured groups. We have PGA Tour Live. Uh, featured groups are Sergio, Bassi Munoz, and Pepe Peter. Three defending cha- uh, three past champs category, Pepe Peter. Snedeker, Woodland, Hadley. Sam Burns, Sunjay M, and Corey Connors. It's a good group. Matthew Wolf. Yeah, it's, it is a good group for this time of year. Matthew Wolf, Jolie D, and Carlos Ortiz are those are your four feature groups. If you're a paying PGA Tour Live con, uh, customer, or if you're a comped crooked customer like you, I, are you I'm paying not comped now? anymore. I'm paying. All right, all right, all right. Uh, all right. Anything on the Sanderson? Do we care? I mean, I care. It's one of my favorite events. I don't need to rehash my take of why I like it. But uh, do you have anything else you want to say about it? Um. Cohen Trollio, the guy that almost won the USAM at, uh, yeah. at Pinehurst, is yeah. in the field. I think he's like, he might still be in high school. They always do some pretty good, pretty good job with uh, sponsors. They they get some kids, you know, college kids in there. Augustine is playing off a top ten from okay. Safeway. That's something to watch. Napa. He's Safeway. Fortnite. Come on, God. All right. Um, that's all I got. Greg Sanye. All right. Greg Sanye. It's, uh, support it. Support it. We need more stops. Like I don't this think we for. need to support it. Mid market, low market. Don't support it. I think Ole Miss plays Alabama this weekend. Probably not a lot of people watch that on uh, Saturday. All why right. Would anybody wa- Euro- why would any Ole Miss fan want to watch them play Alabama? Well, they're frisky. Lane, Lane train's fun. Who knows? He usually puts Saban in a blender a little bit. Has a little fun. All right. European Tour. Alfred Dunhill Links Championship. This is Thursday through Sunday at the old course at St. Andrews. The Torrance course at St. Andrews. No, I'm kidding. The old course. Wait, uh, they, they aren't St. playing Torrance. the Fairmont? <laughs> Come on. Dunhill is always old course, Carnoustie, and uh, Keynes Barnes. Uh, the purse is five million. Defending champ is Victor Perez from 2019. Notables, holy shit! Coachia, Billy Ho, what? The Baton Boy. Just... This, according to this document, Billy Ho is back. He's back across the pond. Maybe he never left. Billy Horschel, Tommy Fleetwood, Tyrrell Hatton, Shane Lowry. So those are three Ryder Cups. Angus, your guy, Angus Flanagan from Minnesota. Joe Lawn, Jack Sr., George Katsia is a notable, Scrivener, Johannes Veerman. <laughs> this is the, the, C. the uh, nautical. Veerman, Scrivener, and Martin Rower. He's rowing along. Mark Warren, Eust Luton, Brett Rankin, and Tapio Polkanen. Tapio. Tapio. He's the guy that wears the fedora, I think. He's the Finn in the fedora. Um... This is coffee golf, 8 to 12, 8 a.m. to 12 uh, on the Eastern, I should suggest. I should clarify. And then 7 to 12, five hours coffee golf on Sunday to finish it at the old course at St. Andrews. Not a bad event. Coffee golf, right? St. Andrews, Carnoustie. I don't know if they get cameras out to Carnoustie and Kings Barnes. You know, if it wasn't this for is the, a... the U.S. Mid-Am, this would be the event of the week, but... This is not. This is the site of where Westy and Clark stuffed that guy in a locker. And yeah. said, you're not a true sportsman. You shouldn't be with this damsel, right? I think this is the site of this event. Dunhill. I think both the Hogards are in it too. Everybody can okay. start to see that the cover's not bare. <laughs> not a good, not good enough to make notables. Could see a Scrivener took up the space there. It's true. Um, and Rower. I, I've never Rower. Martin was... Rower. R-O-H-W-E-R. What if his name was Rowan Rower? Well, that's not his name, but yeah, that would be amazing. Um, all right, Bland, that's a great Dick event. Bland's there too. Jamie Donaldson. Do you think Jamie Donaldson has a hat sponsor by this week? No. You think Dick Bland would have contributed more than Paul Casey at Whistling Straits? <laughs> Paul Casey played pretty good that last match. 
He played DJ like four times too, I think. Three or four times. I think he would have yeah. contributed more than uh I'm not gonna say Fitz. Westy, but Fitzy? Yeah, maybe Fitzy. Although Fitzy gave you the goods. He gave you some scoops. There you go. That's true. He um, contributed in his own way. He did to this, uh, the Shotgun Start podcast. Piss bears sure. in the field, too. <laughs> Darbjorn. He, he, Should... he might be the X factor that the Euros were missing. Piss bear. The piss bear factor. Sure. Sure. I mean, he'd probably scare some guys off. It could be intimidating <laughs> when Piss Bear waddles out on the team. I forgot. They, somebody told me another nickname. A, a Euro, a Euro, uh, yeah, someone intimates with the Euro Tour, uh, writing for the, for about European golf, gave me a great, they said they called just something else. I can't remember what it is. Yeah, what was that? I, I remember that. Uh, okay. Continuing with our schedule for the week. On the LPGA, we have the ShopRite LPGA Classic. This is at Seaview Hotel and Golf Club in Galloway, New Jersey. Par 71, 6,100 yards. Purse is $1.75 million. Defending champ is Mel Reed. Notables are Mel Reed, Brooke Henderson, Aria Jutanagarn, Daniel Kane, Jinya and Co., Patty Tevitanikit, and Lexi Thompson. So a pretty stout field hey, in Jersey. I think we, uh, we, we didn't talk about it last week, but Nasa Hataoka won. She had yeah, whole ones on back, back to back days. It was like an incredible yep. leaderboard. And uh, what a what a big win for NASA. So congrats. Yeah, we were Ryder Cup exclusive. We neglected Champs Tour. Well, we should LPGA. always neglect the Champs Tour. Yeah, that's true. See if you're old. Once once they once they um regulate anchoring, we'll we'll take that, you know, ban off. That's true. We're like the UN, right, you one- know, if you're if you're not Administering the rules sanctions. the way well, well, we'll yeah. play sanctions right. and the chance right. tourists on saying it got sanctions placed on them at this point. <laughs> Get rid of the anchor. Get it out of there. All right, this is one to four p.m. All four days. Notably, this is Cara, Cara Banks with Judy Rankin and Paige McKenzie, Karen Stupples and Kate Cockrell on course. It is the first ever all woman golf broadcast team in U.S. television history. Wow, notable. Shoprite. I played in the pro am of this event once at uh, Atlantic. City. Who'd you play it with? The old Ross. Uh, that's a good question. I don't remember. She was no longer an active pro. She was like a local. She tour. She was no longer a tour pro. She was like a local teaching pro at that point. Wasn't um, Grace and Murray? Shit. No, it was not Grace and Murray. That's my other pro M partner. Um. All right. And that's your schedule for the week on TV. Other events ongoing currently have been ongoing since the weekend. The U.S. Mid-Amateur and the U.S. Women's Mid-Amateur. U.S. Amateur, uh, Mid-Am, I should say, is at Sankety Head in Nantucket. The Women's Mid-Am is at Berkeley Hall in Hilton Head or near Hilton Head. Uh, those both end Sunday, the 30th. I believe the women's are in the quarterfinals. The men are in the 16. Uh, this is not on TV anywhere. Wow. I went looking. Bummer. U.S. Amateur at Oakmont was the last USGA event on TV for this year. This was on TV before, right? Yeah. I, I recall Stu's distinctly year. Fox. Stu's year yeah, was uh, on TV. Stonewall. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's not on TV, which, you know, I don't know if I want to shout about that, but it's hey, not. Hey, shout out, you know, friend of the program, Andrew Bailey in the round of 16. Absolutely. First, uh, first mid-am. A couple other notables. Yeah. Stu it's Hagestad. his first mid-am? Yes, first. He always has had. He's conflict. played the amateur. Yeah, he's played the yeah. amateur. He's always had like conflicts okay. with the mid am. I think last okay. year, well, it was canceled last year. But uh, yeah, this is yeah, yeah. yeah so okay. he's uh, right. he's got Garrett he's Rank in tomorrow. There. Garrett Rank, not bad. He's the Western amateur, right? When Western am last year, Garrett Rank. Yeah, yeah, Western am last right. year. Ha- Two seed in this week. Hagestad's, uh cruising and then you've got uh you got drew kittleson runner up yeah. at the 2008 usam okay i was gonna say what is that name that name rings a bell it Long jumps off the page attempted to play professionally for a while played in some tour events never i don't think he ever got his tour card though um florida state a seminal you know Okay. He was the can't miss okay. Seminole before Brooksy and Berger got there. That's right. He's been now reinstated, I imagine. So a 
clearly. You know, the um, septic tank's twin brother lost in the round of 32. I was wondering that. My dad was talking. He's like, that's got to be Sep's brother. I was like, eh, I don't know. I was like, okay, I guess it is. Is all, right. is all Canterbury good. following Bailey? Living and dying? Uh, yes, I'm getting daily updates from friends, hourly updates from friends, my dad. I, 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 I care, but I, I like can't. I was busy today. Yeah, I'm getting constant updates. Yeah. If you're looking for somebody up. to root for, Bailey's written three three articles on the in the fry on the fried egg. Yes. You know, so way, you way back at the early the OG days of the fried egg. So. Yeah. Yeah. He's, if you're he's, looking for somebody guess, other than you know the big names to root for. Yep. So that's your round of 16 at the mid-am. Uh, have you ever been up there? Have you ever been in Nantucket? No. Yeah. Sankity Head. Seems like a fun. delightful place. Looks beautiful. Weren't, weren't there issues getting in there? Eh, there some, it wasn't like, the easiest logistical one to get to. Okay. All right. All right. And then on the women's side, you have the defending champ, so technically from two years ago, Ina Kim Shad. From the, she's still alive in the round of eight, uh, the quarterfinals. Just an absolute, just fashion plate bonanza. She she's got these big, you know, circular circular glasses. A lot a lot of statements. A fashionista, exquisite. Yeah, different kind of fashion. She stands out. Uh, f- other former winners of the women's mid amateur, Lauren Greenleaf, also in the field. Uh, I think Don Woodard's won it before. Claire Connolly, local. I think she plays Chevy at, Chase. Uh, Chevy. Yeah, I think she's a Stephen Britton, you know? Yeah, a lot of, lot of, yeah. So we got some, how about this? I don't know, how about really this? Interest. Claire Connolly has to face off against Blakesley Brock. You know, the two. I saw that. CC Blakesley. BB versus CC. The alliteration. Yeah. The alliteration match. Yeah. Blakesley Brock versus Claire Connolly. I wonder wow. if she was Blakesley. With the last name B, if she's married, like it, was she? Yeah. You know, was she a Brock before? She keep Brock. I don't think I changed the alliteration. I wouldn't change. Yeah, I wouldn't either. If she, she, yeah, absolutely. All right. So those are your two uh, two additional events. Unfortunately, not on TV. Is did you say that was the event of the week? Yeah. Okay. How right. I'm going to give both of them it. I can't. It's kind of crooked. It's an event you've played in that you get give it to your. I mean, come on. I have merchandise from the Sanderson. I just don't make that event of the week. Although I guess it's up to you. It's your award. It's but my award. I get. I, I get to make corrupted the rules. having played in it. It's just you know, it's always going to be the mid am. Whatever week the mid am is, that'll be the event of the week. Well, you know, right. when you, when you make the rules, you make the rules. You this world. Yeah, I mean, the it makes your accomplishments. I didn't even. Up you're your the one that brought it up. I didn't even bring it up. I, I understand, but by making it, it at the event of the week every year, you're fluffing your past accomplishments. You chose to it's bring it up. You, you didn't need to bring this I'm up. Kidding. I'm kidding. I'm I've never you. felt I'm further from playing at a bit amp than I do right now. I thought you looked great when we were oh, playing God. last week. Just <laughs> horrendous. My golf game is in a sad state right now. That was still better than me. I'll tell you that. Um, all right. That's your schedule for the week. Uh, other news... I mean, do you care about this Bryson long drive thing? The the, the socials are <laughs> what if he wins it on it? He's not going to win it. He saw, he get qualified. He got out of his his I heat. Don't know, pod or his whatever heat. it was. His heat, his heat. <laughs> like it's a freaking relay race. Like it's running the one hundred meter dash. Um, his longest, as far as I can tell, was 412, 412 yards, the longest in this qualify. It's like open. He was in the open division. So I don't know. He doesn't, you know, he's like a Monday qualifier of some sort for this. Uh, Berkshire hit one 455 and 450. Like he's the reigning champ. And, you know, so Bryson's a good 30 yards behind that, 40 yards behind that. Uh, hey, man. He advanced, this is about though. surviving kind of and advancing. This is just like. Yeah. Yeah, this is yeah. Survive in advance. It's it's he's one of the best golfers in the world and he, you know, is up there with these boys that they can't come to his tour, right? They can't come play on his tour. So I went to one of these once. Golf Channel used to like own an opera. I wonder they they must have got rid of him. I went to Thackerville, Oklahoma, Windstar oh, Casino God. to have to watch one of these. It was interesting scene out there. 
Um, but yeah, I don't know. Golf Channel must have got rid of these. Thackerville. Now they have this thick. They could have hit this bonanza with Bryson. How, Everybody would have been watching, and I guess they must have sold it or got rid of it. How's Thackersville so. spelled? Is it T H A C K E R? C K. Yeah. Do you think I Roland Thacker was from there? That's actually another pro am I played it. I played a pro am on the local course with the Lawn Drive Boys before they had to compete. So it was I don't Roland who Thatcher, I it, right? That was that the? So I think it's Thatcher. Yeah, I think it's Thatcher. I think I think it's right. Thacker. Thacker. Yes, yeah, Thacker. All right, Roland Thacker. That's all I got. Should we move on to Kevin Clark? No, that's a different. Rainer? Yeah, Thatcher. Roland Thatcher is the golfer, right? Yes. European tour. Is that accurate? No, Maybe. no. He was an American. He was. Okay. Roland Thatcher. Right. There he is. How about Roland? Oh, Roland. Donald Roland. All right, Ronald. Uh, Ronald let's, Donald. Let's get to uh. Kevin Clark, I think this is at least his second appearance on the shotgun start. You know, with the Browns-Bears game, kind of got short shrift on Sunday. You know, we didn't really get to talk about it. It's Titanic Clash, which we, you know, had great plans for before the Goodell screwed us and put it opposite the Ryder Cup. Uh, we wanted to have Kevin on. He's an actual NFL expert, brilliant writer, brilliant podcaster, really sharp mind, well-connected. And golf uh, guy. So we talk about... Big and golf he's a fan. golf guy. He's become a golf nut. Uh, so we want to talk about Ryder Cup, NFL, you know, your your team's dire straits, and some uh, some golf comps. So uh, golf and NFL comps. So thanks to Kevin for joining us. Uh, really appreciate his time. And uh, we'll listen, be back. listen, you're a sick what? guy for what you tried to do to Westy w- with your comp. Oh, you, that, that's a little tease. You're a sick guy. You're delusion. You're you're completely deluded with your. You're comparing like I'll just leave it. Like I don't know if we did this for NBA, Westy would be Michael Jordan. You know, it's just you're out of your out of your. He'd be like he'd be like John Stockton in the NBA. Oh my god! All right, thanks to Kevin for joining us. Uh, Really fun chat. A little different, but uh, we always Westy in the in the. No, it's not. It's fine. All right, here's Kevin. All right, we are now joined by Kevin Clark of The Ringer. He's a staff writer there. He's the host of The Ringer NFL show. It is, um, and this is no BS, just because he's here and we're supposed to say nice things. It is my favorite podcast, I yeah. think, of all the podcasts, all the genres. I mean, I mostly In the world? some news. Some news. I mean, I don't know if it's favorite. It's my most listened to since the summer. My kids had like summer camps and I'd have like 30 minute each way drives for a couple of them. I just ripped through a Ringer NFL show basically oh, since I'm like happy, happy mid-July till now. So you've got like a rotating cast of sharp, sharp voices on, you know, America's most popular sport. So Man, it's my favorite using podcast. Sharp, Kevin, thank you for joining Warren us. Warren Sharp's on it. And what? you're using sharp, yeah. sharp voices. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. I did. That was. I thought that's what you were going just, with it. No, no. Benjamin Solak, Steven Ruiz, yeah. Nora Princiati, Kevin. It's, it's like a great, great cast. If you're into the NFL even just a little bit, I would add it to your rotation. Kevin, thank you for joining us. I had to tell Andy earlier this week because he had not listened to the podcast. I said, I want to warn you, Steven Ruiz went in on Matt Nagy pretty hard, and you need to be prepared for it. I don't know if he ever got prepared for <laughs> I, it. I, got, I don't know if you he should be sued for something like that. Right? He should be fined by that. He should be fined. Yeah, he should fine. be fined okay. was his take. That's what it was. I listened to that on the plane last night. It's fantastic. It was, uh, Kevin, it was delightful. first of all, let's talk. I, I you know, let's talk the golf. thing was I didn't need to yeah, be prepared. On. I was excited. I was excited <laughs> for all the. I was excited for the national media to all pounce <laughs> on something that I've been so frustrated about for two plus years. Yeah. Uh, I can see that. Kevin, you are also a golf, in addition to being an NFL expert, I would say. I think that's a word that's fair. Okay. Uh, you are a golf fanatic. Uh, you, you know, you write, you've written about golf. You cover sure. it. You bet, about, you bet on golf. I think you I came into golf mostly via gambling. Now yep. you follow it. Uh, what's your takeaway of the Ryder Cup? Where does it slot? It jet tends to pop more for like a wider audience, right? Yeah. There's a competitive antagonistic element there as opposed to the individual. What did you make of this year's Ryder Cup? 
I love it. It's hard for me to lock in because it's during football season. And especially yeah. if you're going into Sunday and things are in doubt, like that's pretty tough for me. Um, just because it's my, <laughs> it's my, it's my job, um, to be locked in on something else on Sunday. Um, but I loved it. It went exactly how I thought it was going to go. Um, I was on Joe house's podcast last week and we were previewing it. And I basically said, this is going to be a blowout. There's just too much depth on the American side. Um, and, and I, I you know, I, I know everyone talked about the experience thing, but I just feel like this is kind of the future of the American team where they have just a, you know, there are conceivably probably 20 guys who could play really, really well. Um, and I was looking at some of the strokes gain stuff last week and I saw that there were like 10 guys who were American who were gaining a stroke and a half for the past six months and only three guys in Europe. And some of those 10 guys didn't even make the team for America. Um, and so I just think that this is the future of it is, is America is going to have a lot of depth. The U Europe needs the task force and they need to figure out what they're going to do from here because they're going to have to change <laughs> over. Um, but I actually like, I, I, I thought I actually predicted going into the week that Steve Stricker was going to be considered a good captain because he was given all the steps. And guess what? Steve Stricker is now considered a good captain. And it's interesting how the captain is really, if they win, they're a great captain. If they if they lose, yeah. they're a bad captain. In a way, it's kind of like uh, NFL coaches. But I think analytics are getting a little bit more into the nitty-gritty of NFL coaches. Yes. Uh, I, well, I think that Paul McGinley is like the, the Chip Kelly of of Ryder yeah. Cup captains, except that Paul McGinley is available to go into every podcast that's ever happened. Um, and that, that Chip, Chip does not. Um, Chip doesn't want to talk about his innovations. Paul does. Um, but no, I think that the, the fact that America is using a little bit of a little bit more of analytics, and you kind of heard that from some of the data guys that maybe the, the, the U.S. team had checked in with them uh, in the months prior. That, that was a, that was a good step here. But I also think at the end of, at, at, at the end of it, they also just had better players. Like there was so much overthinking where even on the Joe House podcast, he was like, well, you know, I think Speed's most important player. Well, I think Morikawa is most important player because he's the best player. Right. Like we just kind of overthink yeah. we just get too Ryder Cuppy and we go, oh, who's going to be our Ian Poulter? I don't really care who's going to be our Ian Poulter. I care that they're like the best players are American and that'll work itself out eventually. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point, yeah. too. It's like why also mimic like why do we need an Ian Poulter? We could <laughs> we can have Dustin Johnson, you know, <laughs> like Dustin Johnson's better than Ian Poulter is at golf. So. We're just going to we're gonna kick Brooks and Bryson off the team to find our Ian Poulter, <laughs> to cycle through until we find an Ian Poulter. Yeah. I mean, what is your sucks. when did you come into the Ryder Cup? Like, when did you like what, yeah. like first like jump in? I know like Shane Ryan was like a general sports fan. He like basically yeah. made him a golf writer, fall in love with golf. Uh, like, is there one? How far back do you go with it? You have your infamous tweet. Or not famous tweet. What is it like? You turn thirty. You turn thirty. That I yeah. I'll, I'll just I'll just paraphrase here that I think you know when you're in your twenties, you build a life and you do a lot of interesting things. You go to rock concerts. You wear cool yeah. hats. You know, you just like man, I I'm really cool. And then you turn thirty, and all you care about is the Ryder Cup, and all you care about <laughs> is is course fit. And whether or not the captain has widened <laughs> or, or shrunk the fairways. Um, and that, that is true of me. And so I actually turned 30 uh, a little bit actually after the 2016 Ryder Cup. But that was that was a big one for me. Um, and I would say okay. that it's funny. One of the one of the funny things. So that, that was around when I got into playing golf. And actually, that was one of the yeah. first weekends. Sean Fantasy, my boss, Chris Ryan, Jeff Chow, those guys. I was playing with them that week in the morning. And then we ended up watching that uh I think, I think that was Friday um, that we started watching it, and I just loved it. And I, I am uh, the youngest person to purchase the John Feinstein book about that Ryder Cup uh, by about three decades. Um, I love it. It's a great book. It's a great book. Um, but I am the youngest person by three decades to have to purchase that book. I um, but then I, I – um, it's funny because my, uh, my brother is not a sports fan, but he was a – he worked in uh, private security for a while, and he worked in – uh, one of the neighborhoods, I'm not going to say it, one of the neighborhoods where a lot of the golfers live in Orlando. And in 20, uh, 2012, I guess, um, was his first day on the job. And they had a little note at the security and they said, hey, uh, you need to go out and buy some some celebratory balloons and stuff. They're celebrating. Here are the addresses. He was going and he's like writing down the names, blah, blah, blah. And he calls me and he's like, hey, they wanted me to put balloons in these guys. I think they might be athletes and it's like uh, Poulter and McDowell and like, a couple other guys. Oh, I think, gosh. I think you're, I, I said, 
buddy, I think you're putting celebratory balloons in front of the guys who just won the Ryder Cup. Because it was that it was the that Medina, time, yeah. right? it was the miracle yeah. of Medina. It was his job to go out and go buy like celebratory balloons and candy to put in their driveway for when they returned. Um, so, but that, that's Orlando for you. Um, but yeah, so for me, I fell in love with it in 2016. Really, I'd watched it beforehand, um, but yeah, no, that was it for me. What a first day on the job! Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Good. Good. It is a tough balance. We've talked about like how they get out from under the NFL. I mean, the thumb, you know, the massive, massive shadow. I don't know that it's possible. In Europe, it's a little easier, I guess. You're kind of finishing, you know, you're starting at 7 a.m. or whatever. But we we were talking uh, about. Yeah, it's it's kind of impossible. Like they could have just moved the matches up to the morning and then they're done by like one or two and you don't get just absolutely landslide. You might even be able to get people to stay on if it's a really compelling finish and not watch the NFL. But starting it like effectively. You know, having the middle right at the start of the NFL is just, you're going to get crushed every time. I vaguely remember Medina being like somewhat competitive just because it was crazy, a crazy comeback. Now, don't, I may be thinking about web traffic too, which and like, I was (laughs) like cheering as I watched Chartbeat, like as we battled with our NFL. I remember that one like had some juice. It obviously wasn't like one to one, but uh, yeah, it's hard to go up against the NFL and anything, obviously. It's a, but the problem is, A, you need the weather, you need this just the, the part of the golf season. You can't just have the Ryder Cup like right after the yeah. Bay Hill. Like you just not yeah. you have to have it this time of year. And I think that there's a lot of you know, like NASCAR does its playoffs around this. I mean, obviously college football has to compete. Like I think that that competing against the NFL is just a, a fact of life. And the NFL trounces them. Like I've told the story a million times, but like the, the NFL, when they had their league meetings, they used to like say, okay, here are our ratings. They used to tell owners, they used to go, here are our ratings compared to like the NBA. And then it became such a route that they stopped doing that. And then they were like, okay, well, here's us compared to the Oscars. And then they was such a route, they stopped doing that. And now they just don't even like brag. They just say like, we have the top 50 shows. Sorry. And then the owner's like, okay, it's fine. Yeah. All right. While we're on the subject, the end. Oh, I wanted to ask a question. Go ahead. This just popped into my mind. Go ahead. You know, obviously the, the, one of the big NFL uh, you know, Bonanzas is this Eli and Peyton show that airs yes. on ESPN two uh, during Monday night, and they they're basically an alternative broadcast. Yeah, how would you structure a golf broadcast like that? Okay, so every sport thinks they're going to do this. Yes, now. of and course, it, many of them are going to fail. We had Bob <laughs> Costas on Tuesday last week, and I don't mean to be rude about this. He told me the MLB Network's been doing this for a number of years. I had. No idea. I had no oh. idea. Like CC Sabathia, yeah. who, yeah, uh, is apparently doing it. And and I'm sorry, like I'm not a huge baseball guy. I just didn't notice. <clears throat> I think that it the slower the sport, the better it works for something like this. And I think that the number, if you're gonna do the kind of the the unicorn, the guy who can just sit there and be a host and just fill airtime and just tell stories and get, by the way, most importantly, get LeBron James, get Matthew Stafford, get Nick Saban on the phone, the the golf equivalents of that, um, I think it's Phil Mickelson. I think it would be Phil Mickelson, right? I mean, that's the guy who's sitting on his couch and just, he's, you know, he brings in phones or whomever and then... And they do a, a, a Mickelson cast and they tell stories. And I think golf, you know, people were, so, I saw last night, like even like UFC guys and boxing guys like, oh, we need this. No, like those are blow by blow sports. You need someone to just be like telling you exactly what's going on in that moment. Those are the, the longest boxing match is going to last 36 minutes. Like you do not need Mike Tyson sitting there and just telling old stories about, about fighting uh, Buster Douglas. You don't need that. But you do need that. If it's if there's 15 minutes of, of dead air and they're playing the Valspar and Phil Mickelson can tell you exactly how to um, how to play the second shot, that to me is would be would be the big thing. And, and I think that that's probably at some point something like that's going to happen. I think that networks are going to uh, learn the wrong lessons from this, because I think that generally like every every network is now going to be like, OK, well, the, the, there's a new formula, but there's, the formula has to involve Peyton Manning. Phil Mickelson, yeah. guys like that, where like, I call right. this a black, a black swan event um, on Brian Curtis's podcast last week. And I, that yeah. was overnight. And I woke up to like three or four like top people in the industry who were just like, who literally just said like, you're hundred percent right. It's, it's a black swan event. There's, there's no, if, if the NBA tries this with, with Dwayne Wade, they will fail. 
It's it's right. kind of like it's qualitatively oh, go ahead. good, right? I mean, it's qualitatively mm-hmm. good, but it also feels like it's like a Twitter. It's popped on like the ratings are are not the ratings matter. Like the ratings are like minimal compared to like the main one, right? It's not like taking a yeah, huge they, chunk out of that. But th- there was it's popular gained, on Twitter. Yeah. They gained ground last week, and we'll see what happens today. The the ratings not out yet, but I think that. Like my mom or my dad, and I like I use them as proxies because they're the reason that 60 million people watch the AFC title game or the NFC title game. It's because there's just a bunch of random people who don't who can who can name 10 players in the NFL. Like they might like the more traditional broadcast because they don't really know what's going on, right? Um, and and I think that that's that's actually where golf would be helped a little bit because you don't really need like an explanation of what's going on if Justin Rose is walking to a second shot. Like we got that there. Whereas in football, like you just need someone to be like, all right, third and nine, you know, down by six. That that, that that's the important thing of football. Um, but yeah, it, it is it is good. You know, like I the example I use, you know, Ryan Russillo was was joking a couple weeks ago, but he had Chris Long on his podcast for a year, and he the number one thing he wanted to know was what do halftime adjustments mean? Like, what does that even mean? Everyone is like, oh, halftime adjustments. We made some adjustments, blah, blah, blah. And Russillo was like, Chris, explain this to me. And Chris was like, I think it's mostly on the back end, like in the secondary. Like, we definitely, on the, the, the defensive line, we definitely don't make any adjustments. And then, so that, the, it was never answered. And then on the first episode of the Manning cast, the Mannings were like, oh, yeah, there's no such thing as halftime adjustments. There's just not enough time. And it's like, I've been watching broadcasts for 30 years, <laughs> and everybody's been talking about halftime adjustments every single game. Well, they may obviously made some adjustments at halftime. And it turns out that was a huge lie that it took five minutes for Peyton Manning to, to poke a hole in. Like, that is what you want as a broadcaster. It's like, oh, this thing sure. you always hear about, it's fake. That's, I mean, a lot of coaches are judged. It's like, oh, this guy just can't come out of the half. He gets he gets smoked by the <laughs> other coach every time out of the half. Like that is like something that happens with coaches. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think there's like some scheme changes, but it's not, it's, it's not pegged to the half. Like you can, you can change what you're doing in the middle of a game. You don't have to go in. Like what happens at halftime is that it takes two minutes for them to get in there. Guys go to the bathroom, get some water, like do do their thing. And then it's like time to go play again. They're not sitting there reinst- having a mini training camp. I mean, arguably a drive with like a quarter break would be longer time to make adjustments than a half. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. Or just like a long drive from the other team yeah. or the, the other unit and just sit there with a whiteboard and you can have 10 minutes. Yeah, it, it's it's uh, but that's the kind of insight I think people were looking for. It's just like, tell us what happens here. Fantastic. All right. Well, tell us what happened with the Bears and Brown. <laughs> like this was uh, I, I don't wanna, our, our we didn't get to watch a lot of it. What? I don't want to realize I, I wanted this to it, be brief. Is there any hope? No, no. I want this to be, I want this to be, you know, that overused gif where like Jack Nicholson is yeah. at the bar and he's yeah. like, you know, smiling. Yeah, smiling. Like, I don't have any great antipathy towards the bears, but I just want to, I'm just going to sit here. I want you and Andy to talk about this and I'm just going to yeah. be nodding like Jack Nicholson. Uh, tell us about Matt Nagy. Is he in the kitchens zone? Is he in the Freddy kitchens? Is he slowly wandering into the Freddy kitchen zone in terms of, um, I don't know, fair critiques of his competence or lack thereof from, uh, you know, experts on this game, viewers of this game. Okay. So I don't think he's in the kitchen zone because that was just, okay. that was, that was immediate. Yeah. And that was just, okay. all right. There was never an arc there. Uh, okay. I think, and I don't say this lightly and I don't want to upset Andy. I think the zone he's actually getting into is the Adam Gase zone, oh, which is, no. we had him some as a coach. Hint Yes, you did. And it's some hint of talent and it's some success. Adam Gase made the playoffs. Um, at one point, they had a backup quarterback that year. And then you just have no idea. There's no, there's no adjustments over the season. Not, not, not halftime adjustments but over the season. Um, it was the total lack of creativity. A hint of burnout at all times. Just like looks like he doesn't want to be there at all. Uh, knows it's the end. Um, there's a lot of Gase-like things. And I think that what's funny is that Matt Nagy was right about Justin Fields not being ready because he knew he was going to be the coach, right? Like it, he oh, knew he, he, he was probably like, you know what? I, I got nothing for this young man. 
Andy Dalton is is the guy for me because I've put no. It, let me tell you something, and I don't want to put my my. Uh, it's hard for me to put myself in anybody else's brain, but when you look at that offense and you look at what they asked Justin Fields to do, a guy who's big enough who runs a four four forty, who can make throws, it appeared to me that that Matt Nagy put absolutely no thought into what he wanted Justin Fields to do on the field, like ever. You know, and like we, you saw, you've seen the uh, like the play sheet room he has. Have you seen this, Andy? Right. Oh, he's yeah. got like hundreds oh, yeah. of play sheets, and it's like the, so, the draft cam I, that one year. Dra- so the implication being that he's got all these different game plans, and he can just he, you know, he's like Belichick, and he can just you know tailor it towards that Sunday. I don't think he he can do anything at all. I, I think he's got one pitch. And the pitch is, here's what we have for Andy Dalton to score 14 points and hopes the defense, defense wins us a game. I just, I actually couldn't believe the lack of creativity. I, we, got, we got a listener question that uh, I thought was pretty good. It was just, if you took the 100 best Madden players in the world and asked them to call plays for Justin Fields, what percentage would be better than Matt Nagy? And <laughs> Stephen Ruiz, who studies the stuff, guessed about 35. It's... <laughs> I, you know, like Johnny on his couch. So to, his to make a golf parallel from what you said, it sounds like it's like Matt Nagy's the instructor that's office is filled with just yeah. beautiful golf swings. Like there's just pictures mm-hmm. of people at different great players at different positions, but he takes every single player and tries to put them in the same exact golf swing, ignoring any physical limitations, yeah. different th- aspects about them, and teaches them all the exact same way. That's exactly right. Is there, is there a coach like that? I mean, one might call, mm. say lead poison for a while. David Ledbetter was oh. like that. Oh, no. Yeah. Like uh, Claude wow. Harmon the third gets some some I don't know. There's whispers about Claude a little bit that you know, but I think that's just because he's out there high profile. So you're gonna have people, you know, talking negatively about you. But I mean, they, the, um, Sean Foley was when he was in this kind of the stack until there. Sure. There there was a bad t- period sure. for Sean Foley. There was also just like the stack until methodology that took every golfer and said you have to swing this way. You know, so that right, that yeah. ruined a lot right. of people. So there's definitely been similar right. things. And I'm sure it's like the same thing that happens in the NFL. I think golf arc. I remember Bill Corr one time said on my pod, like Pete Dye was great because he changed the course of golf architecture twice. And then all the right. other architects tried to copy him, but they weren't as good. And I feel like that's like kind of the NFL with offenses. Like, you know, everybody's like, yeah. oh, we need an Andy Reid style offense. So we're going to hire Matt Nagy. And Matt Nagy's just not as good at it, at it as Andy Reid. Like he might know what Andy Reid does, but he can't do it himself. And he he's missing the secret sauce of like this is why Andy Reid does it, not this is what Andy Reid does. The most depressing thing on the breakdown on Sunday was when Ruiz was like, you know, I think they need to go back to more of the Trubisky offense. <laughs> and I said, okay, well, well, this is like good. here's the thing: it's Trubisky that bad, like. What was he as no, bad? No, I know. Oh my like, God. This is what that, I'm no, no, that was my thought. Now. That was that was my thought. I, I had that thought too on Sunday. That maybe Trubisky is, is is better than we thought, and he was failed by Nike. It's okay. We'll find so out. we're we're, we're getting to a to- we're getting to a timing question here. Like uh, as a Browns fan, I've seen many a uh, uh, rookie quarterbacks, you know, damaged, or we don't know, right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe they had us more than what we saw because it's our organization was a dysfunction for so long. Um, you talked about it being near the end and burnout. Like this is a real question in term NFL terms. Is there like take out the Bears, take out the specifics of this situation? Is there like a a best practices for regime change, a best timing in the NFL calendar? Like if you like, how, how bad do they want to lose every game? They don't have like, a first would it be round beneficial pick. for them to they, lose. They like how how where pick. are we headed? This okay. Okay. Um, I don't want to talk about people's jobs here. It's generally no, speaking, no, no. in the NFL I, I, calendar. I actually, I actually, as much as I'm like eager to dunk on people and eager to make fun of people like Matt Nagy, I actually, I'm with you as far as just like, I, I, I wait until the last moment to say like this person should lose their job only because yeah. the more you get into it and you guys know this, you know, dealing with, with your sport, like you're not just talking about just Matt Nagy who's making millions of dollars a year getting fired. You're talking about like the quality control guy who's making $40,000. He's got two kids like that. That guy is also getting fired. Yeah. Right. So 
you have to remember yeah. all that stuff, but it's time for everybody in Chicago to go. And it's time for a complete, you know, they just need to hand it over to someone who's really, really smart. Now, the big thing I think teams need to fight, and this happens with, with crappy franchises all the time. I've seen it firsthand is they're like, all right, we need to hand the keys over to one guy who's going to solve the culture. And they end up hiring like Bill Parcells or Mike Holmgren or one of these guys who's just like a name. Like that happened with Saban too in Miami where like bad owners or bad team presidents are just like, I don't, I want to hide behind the shield of a big name. So I'm just going to hand the keys over to X, Y, Z. And so they need to find actually just the next you know, like Chris Ballard is a good GM. I think Chris worked for the Bears there for a while. Like, that's a good example of someone where it's like, okay, this guy is a rising star. Let's hand the keys over to him, and we're done. Um, there's a handful of guys like that across the league. Uh, but they need a total change in culture. Um, it's just a losing – like, there's not really anything like this in golf. But the more you're in professional sports and around it, the more you realize, like, ownership and structure is, is by far the most important thing. Because football is made up of thousands of little tiny edges. And the way to get most of those edges is by spending money, by paying attention to details, by everybody rowing in the same direction. Like there's just like, there's a reason the Patriots win all the time. Right. Um, and so the bears have none of those edges. None, like none. I, I don't know. Packers have every single edge. And so they need to just fire those guys pretty quickly in Chicago, probably next month. If nothing, nothing, uh, improve start a search and then just change just do a total culture overhaul a bear, i am calling for a bears task force bears that's great i mean they could they could consult some some uh some of golf's uh biggest names and and talk about task forces but it's still september and i'm used to this september just being able to check out and so but you would do it like you know Maybe I'd give a, I'd give month. him there's, some there's no sense in we, okay. we got to talk about the Browns. Okay. Brendan didn't want to because he says no. they're boring. Is that are they boring in a no, good, good? Are they they're boring in a good just... way? Or you know, boring is yes. like the best thing I, you can be, right? So right I, now they're boring. I just I spent some time with Andrew Barry, the new GM, who I find incredibly fascinating, incredibly good, and he said something that I thought, and I wrote this, but I thought it was the most. Important thing I've ever heard anybody from the Browns say. Now, let's back up here before I say this, because I've been to Cleveland nine times as for, for, for Browns training camp. I have talked to everybody. Like, I was joking with Andrew. He didn't find it all that funny that there's like a 15-foot like um, porch kind of thing on right next to the Browns training camp practice facility, uh, field. And I've talked to Mike Holmgren. I've talked to Rob Chudzinski. I've talked to Ray Farmer. I've talked to like every single, all the entire cast of characters, all of them. Yeah. I can't even remember most of them. I talked to them on this porch. And now I finally feel like Andrew Barry, I'm going to talk to him like more than two times. Okay. Like that, that's a huge <laughs> step in the right direction. But Stefanski as well. He said, Barry said, what they're trying to build in Cleveland is a culture of calm. And when I heard that, I was like, that's, that's it. Like, that's what they need. Even when, even when they were bad, it was never calmness. Like even when it was John yeah. Dorsey uh-huh. and they drafted Baker Mayfield, it's okay. We're going to trade for Odell. It was a, comp- I was there on the first day of training camp for the first Odell Baker team. And Steve Smith is there and they're on the field and they're, they're, everybody's having a great time. And I just feel like what they needed was just to be a Packers, Patriots, like just a just the style of, of training camp, the style of practice, the style of just franchise where they just are act like a normal team. And and that's what I think Stefanski and, and Barry are bringing. And that's why, why I think that I'm, I'm so bullish on them. And the fact that they're boring is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't have a lot to say right now. They're good. I don't think they're great. Right. It's not like. You know, there's there's not like this explosive offense, but I don't know that they're even trying to be explosive. They have the running like it's just it's it's very nice to just be sort of boring and, and you know, take care of business when you can't. So it's amazing. It's great. All right. We're we're running out of time. Uh, go ahead. But uh, we, yeah. we were talking NFL uh, player golfer comps, and I uh, I wanted to get your favorite NFL. Uh, and they're all quarterbacks is what we've we've determined. What are your favorite NFL uh, quarterback to golfer comps. Okay, so the obvious one that many people have made is Rory to Aaron Rodgers. Uh, one, some of the most talented athletes of all time, 
probably didn't win enough in their prime. Really introspective, really interesting. Everybody in the media and most fans love them. I think that's that's a that's a pretty good one. I would say so after our podcast last fall, we were on a text thread discussing this, and we came up with Nick Foles, Jimmy Walker. Yeah. And uh, you know, listen, we can do this all day with like elite guys, elite oh, elite yeah. guys, but but you're not going to do much better than Nick Foles, Jimmy Walker. And then I thought I thought last <laughs> last night. Uh, you had Joe Flacco and Zach Johnson, which I really liked because a the the winning, the sporadic winning, but then also just like their their boring style, and it's no fault of their own, but their boring style just gets gets each of them just kind of irrational hate from from people who love the sport. Uh, and so I, I, I there's a pretty direct line between those two. What about you guys? I thought the greatest po- moment was when we came to Westy and the divergence was Ryan oh, no. Fitzpatrick and Dan Marino. I said Westy was Fitzy, Fitzpatrick, Fitzmagic, and, and Andy had him as so Dan Marino. Uh, just to give you a sense so of Westy. disrespectful to Westy that you, a guy that hasn't even been like the starter most of his career in the NFL, you're assigning Westy, who's been a top 20 player most of his career. And the, in golf, I don't know. Like a, a lot of moments and a lot of places, <laughs> and never any great moment of consequence. Westy has a bunch of wins in like you know these random lower tier European I think tour we, wins. That's what Dan they say Marino. About Dan Marino still yeah. has the tenth best passing season of all time. Still, Westy was number. Westy was number one in the world. A lot of people have been number one in the world. Marino was like the best player <laughs> in Marino. the world for a I long think time. Hey, I also think, I think we settled but, well at Phil Rivers, Westy. No, no wins of consequence. Great player by no. all accounts. Long, long career. Maybe, 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 maybe. you get a solid maybe that. from both of us. I, I think that maybe. Um, I think it's harder because there's four majors and one Super Bowl a year. Yes. Tom Brady wins most of the Super Bowl, so it's hard. I think that we probably all get caught up on like, okay, well, this guy's won two majors, this guy's won two Super Bowls. It's not really how that works. So you kind of have to go outside of it. We we established that every everybody is Phil Mickelson, and I would guess that Peyton Manning is the most Phil Mickelson-ish. Um, That's here's good. I had Finau, Dak, both like yeah, incredibly, I like, like that. very. Everybody knows they're awesome at everything. Yeah. they probably haven't had ton of wins like as that feel like commensurate with their talent. So Dak, Dak, and Finau are similar, and that the closer you are to the sport, the more you realize how good they are. And then like the general fan might debate their worthiness. Here's a because here's a question one that I just had pop in my head. Luke Donald, uh-huh. you know, gets to gets to number what? gets. Why are we talking well, about here, Luke Donald? Gets to number one in the world without like any elite arm yeah. arm talent. Zero. Like okay. he gets to the number one in the world just on like cunning, like his ability to hit great iron shots and short game. But he can't he can't throw. He doesn't. He's not good at throwing the football. Has there ever been a quarterback? Maybe maybe Tim Tebow. You know that run where he got to the playoffs. Tim Tebow. <sighs> You know, it's funny. I don't think Luke Donald is Tim Tebow, if that's what you're <laughs> no, asking. If that that's just what you're popped asking, in my head. That's ridiculous. The thing about about quarterbacking is that there have been players, so like Joe Flacco was known, especially late in his career, for never throwing the ball downfield. Like his average depth of target was like four. He had this thing called, there's this, there's this stat called failed completions, which is how often a uh, completion is short of the sticks in a big spot. And Joe Flacco just broke the rec- his own record like four times with it because um, he would always throw short. But it's kind of self-selective. Joe Flacco can flo- throw down the field. So most of these guys can can throw. I mean, like Luke Donald right now is just like 2021 20, Ben Roethlisberger, <laughs> I guess. But he's not winning anything with it. Oh, my God. You had uh, – Andy, you had – Louis as Drew Brees, which I thought was a good one. One time winner, like the one, the big one, and kind of, you know, always close in a bunch of other instances, sort of an elite uh, skill accuracy. You know, Louis, you know, deadly, you know, best swing in golf. I think the big one we had outstanding was Bryson. Who is Bryson? And where did we settle? What, what do we think of that, Kevin? Josh Allen ish. Yeah. A little bit. I, like the big lumbering, you know, power is a defining characteristic right both mm-hmm. from northern california also every, of, and also my, my big thing is that uh for josh and bryson 
everyone thinks they grew up in the place they went to college. Every like I I, I often I'm like, oh yeah, Bryson's a big Texan. And they're like, no, he just grew up in California. And yeah. Josh grew up in California and not Wyoming. And everyone thinks he grew up in Wyoming. So it's similar to that. They've adopted their college. And also, you know, kind of the improvement, the improvement arc is similar. The divisiveness among the fans is similar. Hey, it's not one to one, but it's close. So one uh, one that I was thinking of outside the quarterback realm was DK Metcalf for uh, for Bryson. Because DK did the oh. Olympic sprinting. Yeah. Bryson's doing the yeah. long drive. It, like both of them like oh, dwarf their like their peers like in terms of like you know the Buda Baker rundown Bryson hitting a drive compared to Zach Johnson like you know there's like a lot I, of parallels there. I have one more DK Metcalf thing that will tell you he might be the ultimate. He might have the PGA mentality, which is that he came on our video show Slow News Day last uh, Super Bowl, and we do a thing at the end called Club Kevin where you just induct whoever you think is your favorite person right now. Like, you know, it could be, you know, a lot of people put in like, for they saw Fernando Tatis on TV the night before and they put him in like all, or they, they like the cast of White Lotus, doesn't matter. Um, DK Metcalf is the only person who ever thought about it. And then it, their inductee to, to Club Kevin was uh, their own sponsor, Gatorade. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh, which is the most, though. which is what yeah. would have happened if we had any golfer on. He was like, I just love Gatorade. Yeah. Gatorade is my thing. And I'm conducting Gatorade. And listen, we've That's had Bryson, hundreds though. of guests. And DK Metcalf is the only one to say, I'm actually going to use this as an opportunity oh, God. to plug Gatorade. There it is. DK Metcalf <laughs> is Bryson. There we go. There we go. All right. I think that's it. Ke- we had a million in this text thread. I don't know if, if they're, you know, some are more apt than others. But uh, Kevin, we've taken more of your time than we said. I don't know if we feel any better about the Bears. We don't. And Matt Nagy. Maybe we feel better about the path forward, what the resolution might be. Uh, but we appreciate you taking the time. Listen to the Rainer NFL show. Read him at therainer.com. I love this podcast. I, I get upset when I go on podcasts I love because it means I can't like listen to the segment and enjoy it for the first time. Sure. So I, but I adore, I think this was one of my most listened to podcasts last year on Spotify. Shout out Spotify <laughs> podcasts. Um, I love yeah. this podcast. You guys are amazing. It's, it's, it's the perfect blend of uh, analysis and, and, and humor. And it just, I, I could not be a bigger fan of this. Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you for the time. Anytime guys. 